everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good rising, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are, of course. Welcome to the Indigo Room. I am your hostess with the mostess, Sydney, and uh, today is March 19th, 2016, and you are in the Indigo Room where we discuss all things spiritual. By that, I mean, what do I mean? I mean that we are non-physical spiritual beings having physical human experiences, and life is good, it's delicious, it can be, if we allow it to be, and uh, we have tools, yeah, we sure do. You dig in your bag, you do, you dig, you dig, you dig, you find what works, and uh, you carry your tool bag around with you, you carry other bags, your tools are right inside of you. So you don't have to even, like, you know, carry them in a suitcase. (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad that we are all back together um, this week. And uh, we are going to be reading Resurrection by Neville, Chapter um, 15. And uh, it's The Secret of Feeling. It's a really good chapter. And... um, Last week we dig a little digging, did a little digging into some stories in the Bible and what they really mean and how they're, you know, allegory, really. And Neville is really, really, really good at helping us to understand that the Bible really is about you. It seems like it's about all of these other different people and all of that stuff. I know I used to think that, and and now, you know, I know different. I know better. And when you know better, you do better. You you try to do better, and you try to, you know, implement some of these uh, ideas and concepts. And then you find, at first, it might be difficult (laughs) to accept, but then you find, you know, it's really not that hard to um, use the things that Neville says and to um, understand what he's talking about. Anyway, I do want to say I see now that um, if you're listening to the podcast uh, live or if you're listening to it, you know, on the downloads, that you can now call in. It's probably been there, but there's a number you can, on the bottom of the screen, that wasn't there for a long time. You can just dial in using Skype. Um, if you have, if you don't have a regular, you know, you can't call us on your cell phone or you're calling from a different country. You can dial in using um, Skype. I don't know if it costs you anything, but you know, might as well try it. Um, also, <clears throat> if you are dialing in and you want to talk and you want to chat and you have something to share, you can. Call us at 724-444-7444. 
and then you enter the TalkCast ID number, which is 33443, hit the hashtag or the pound um, button, and you follow the operator prompts, and you'll be connected to the call. Also, um, we're still on the non-complaining thing. I had to start mine over because <laughs> I got jammed up. I got hemmed up. And um, it's good, you know. Um, it's funny because as I was posting in the group the other day, I, you know, came back and I said, listen, I, I, had, I fell off the wagon and uh, I got back on and, you know, I'm back in, in the game, and uh, that happens sometimes. You you know, you make attempts. Cleopatra, chill. You make attempts <laughs> to uh, do something, like, you know, quiet your dog so you can talk. And uh, <laughs> you make attempts to, to be better and do something better and to change your energy, and then, you know, you focus on appearances. And... Everybody does that. You know, it happens because you're a spiritual being having physical human experiences. So don't beat yourself up if, you know, you you don't get it yet or it doesn't, something's not working for you or, man, I was going through it. I have to tell you, the energy around me was just wicky-wacky and I became wicky-wacky and everything just went, it went crazy. But I had to calm myself. I had to dig in my tools. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, uh, you know, get back to a good space. And sometimes you can fall in a hole. You can fall in a hole and you go, oh, my God, what am I doing down here? How did I get down here? What is happening? And then you have to get back in there, do your meditations, do your I am statements, call on the law of forgiveness whatever you have to do to bring yourself back up. That's what happens. That's life, you know. So don't beat yourself up. Just don't do that. Whatever you do, just get back and start over. So what? You weren't in your imagination for a minute. You didn't do the work and you feel you feel like, oh, don't do that. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back up, just get back up and start all over. You fall down and you get back up. That's that's just what happens. I fell down, crushed my back, got back up. <laughs> Took me a minute, but I got back up. It doesn't matter how long it takes you as long as you as long as you as long as you do get up, you know, as long as you rise back up. Um, we're going to be reading Chapter 15. We're reading The uh, Secret of Feeling in the book Resurrection. I love Neville. We love Neville. And um, it's really cool to see so many people finding out about him and, um, you know, reading his work and, and applying uh, what they know and what they feel and uh, using, this, using his techniques and using an understanding. So Linda is with us today, but she's not reading. She's just listening, and Deborah's going to help read today as well. And we're on page 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 seventy nine, and uh, in the book, and it's chapter fifteen. So I'm going to start reading, and then Deborah, I'll cue you when it's your turn to read. Hi, New York. I'm not sure if that's Mavis. Or painter, but whomever it is, we will get to you and say hi. And um, we might actually get to Chapter 16. Depends on, you know, how we do. I want to say hello to, I don't know where Mr. Gary is, but wherever you are, Gary, if you're listening to the podcast, we miss you. Hi. And um, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. And um, I want to say hi to Cindy and Debbie and... Ray and Wanderlyn and uh, who else listens to the podcast? I think Yaron, he's not here today, but he does listen. And um, we have some new people that joined us uh, in the Indigo Room. So just want to say hello. I didn't forget you. I know you're listening. Hi, how you doing? All right. And that's Cleopatra, of course. She's saying hi, too. Okay, you got to be quiet now. The secret of feeling or the calling of the invisible into visible states 
is beautifully told in the story of Isaac blessing his second son, Jacob, in the belief based solely upon feeling that he was blessing his first son, Esau. It is recorded that Isaac, who was old and blind, felt that felt that he was about to wait, felt that he was about to leave this world and wishing to bless his first son, Esau, before he died, sent Esau hunting for savory venison, with the promise that upon his return from the hunt he would receive his father's blessing. I know some of y'all have read that story, right? I've read that story. And now Jacob, who desired the birthright or right to be born through the blessing of his father, overheard his blind father's request for venison and his promise to Esau. So as Esau went hunting for the venison, Jacob killed and dressed a kid of his father's flock, placing the skins upon his smooth body to give him the feel of his hairy and rough brother Esau, he brought the tastily prepared kid to his blind father Isaac. And Isaac, who depended solely upon his sense of feel, because he's blind, right? Solely upon his sense of feel, mistook his second son Jacob for his first son Esau and pronounced his blessing on Jacob. Esau, on his return from the hunt, learned that his smooth-skinned brother, Jacob, had supplanted him, so he appealed to his father for justice. But Isaac answered and said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have given to him for servants. Simple human decency should tell man that this story cannot be taken literally. There must be a message for man hidden somewhere in this treacherous and despicable act of Jacob. See, I, when I was younger and I used to read that story, I'd be like, dang, that's just, that's just terrible, right? How is that in any way a good thing that Jacob was allowed to steal Esau's birthright? I just thought that was really, I, I really used to think that was just terrible. And I, I felt so badly for Esau. You know, I was like, <clears throat> and then, you know, he Jacob got everything. You know, he's he's just this wonderful, fabulous. And I was like, dang, that's just messed up, right? But listen to what Neville says. The hidden message, the formula of success buried in this story was intuitively revealed to the writer in this manner. Isaac, the blind father, is your consciousness, your awareness of being. Esau, the hairy son, is your present objectified world, is your present objectified world, the rough or sensibly felt, the present moment, the present environment, your present conception of yourself, in short, the world you know by reason of your objective senses. Jacob, the smooth skin lad, the second son, is your desire or subjective state, an idea not yet embodied, a subjective state which is perceived and sensed but not objectively known or seen, a point in time and space removed from the present. In short, Jacob is your defined objective, the smooth skin Jacob or subjective state seeking embodiment or the right of birth when properly felt or blessed by his father, when consciously felt and fixed as real, becomes objectified and in so doing supplants the rough, hairy Esau or the former objective, objectified state. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Two things cannot occupy a given place at one and the same time. And so, as the invisible is made visible, the former visible state vanishes. Your consciousness is the cause of your world. The conscious state in which you abide 
determines the kind of world in which you live. Your present concept of yourself is now objectified as your environment, and this state is symbolized as Esau, the hairy or sensibly felt. The first son, that which you would like to be or possess, is symbolized as your second son, Jacob, the smooth-skinned lad who is not yet seen but is subjectively sensed and felt and will, if properly touched, supplant his brother Esau or your present world. Wow. Gary, I just called you out. (laughs) Gary is here, everyone. I just called you. I just called you out, truly. I said, I don't know where Gary is, but I'm sending him. We're saying hi. I'm sending him energy. I hope he shows up sometime. And here you go. You must have heard me. Okay. That's really kind of powerful, that section right there. This whole story of Esau, Jacob, Isaac, is not the story we were told or led to believe. If you look at it, from if you look at the hidden message behind it, the story is about you. It's about me. It's about us. It's about all of us. Always bear in mind the fact that Isaac, the father of these two sons or states, is blind. He does not see his smooth-skinned son, Jacob. He only feels him. And through the sense of feeling, he actively believes Jacob, the subjective, to be Esau, the real, the objectified. You do not see your desire objectively. You simply sense it. You feel it subjectively. You do not grope in space after a desirable state. Like Isaac, you sit still and send your first Son, hunting, by removing your attention from your objective world. Then, in the absence of your first son, Esau, you invite the desirable state, your second son, Jacob, to come close so that you may feel it. Come close, my son, that I may feel you. First, you are aware of it in your immediate environment Then you draw it closer and closer and closer until you sense it and feel it in your immediate presence so that it is real and natural to you. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching on any point that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. The two agree through the sense of feel, and the agreement is established on earth as objectified. It is made real. The two agreeing are Isaac and Jacob, you and that which you desire. And the agreement is made solely on the sense of feeling. Esau symbolizes your present objectified world, whether it be pleasant or otherwise. Jacob symbolizes any and every desire of your heart. Isaac symbolizes your true self, with your eyes closed to the present world in the act of sensing and feeling yourself to be or to possess that which you desire to be or possess. The secret of Isaac does the secret of Isaac, this sensing feeling state is simply the act of mentally separating the sensibly felt your present and physical state, the appearances of your world. From the insensibly felt, that which you would like to be, with the objective senses tightly shut, Isaac made, and you can make the insensibly felt, the subjective state, seem real or sensibly known, for faith is knowledge. Knowing the law of self-expression, the law by which the invisible is made visible, is not enough. It must be applied, and that is the method of application. First, send your first, send your first son, your Esau, your present objectified world or problem, hunting. Send it hunting, right? This is accomplished simply by closing your eyes and taking your attention away from the objectified limitations. 
As your senses are removed from your objective world, it vanishes from your consciousness or goes hunting. Out of sight, out of mind. Right? That saying is so, so true. You close your eyes and you now start to feel something different. That's the first step. Closing your eyes, removing yourself, removing your consciousness, removing your mind from your objectified state, the objectified state that you are in right now, the environment that you're in. Second, with your eyes still closed and your attention removed from the world around you, consciously fix the natural time and place for the realization of your desire. With your objective senses Closed to your present environment, you can sense and feel the reality of any point in time or space, for both are psychological and can be created at will. It is vitally important that the natural time-space condition of Jacob, that is the natural time and place for the realization of your desire, be first fixed in your consciousness. If Sunday is the day on which the thing desired is to be realized, then Sunday must be fixed in consciousness now. It must feel like Sunday right now. If Sunday is the day, right? What does Sunday feel like to you? Sunday always feels different from Monday, right? Monday you get up, you go to work, you do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Sunday is a different feel. So what does that feel like? That's just an example, you know. If um, Sunday must be fixed in consciousness now, simply begin to feel that it is Sunday until the quietness and naturalness of Sunday is consciously established. You have definite associations with the days, weeks, months, and seasons of the year. You have said time and time again, today feels like Sunday or Monday, or Saturday, or this feels like spring, or summer, or fall, or winter. This should convince you that you have definite conscious impressions that you associate with the days, weeks, and seasons of the year. Then, because of these associations, you can select any desirable time, and by recalling the conscious impression associated with such time, you can make a subjective reality of that time now. Do the same with space. If the room in which you are seated is not the room in which the thing desired would be naturally placed or realized, feel yourself seated in the room or place it where it would be natural. Consciously fix this time-space impression before you start the act of sensing and feeling the nearness, the reality, and the possession of the thing desired. It matters not whether the place desired be 10,000 miles away or only next door. You must fix it in consciousness. The fact that right where you are seated is the desired place. You do not make a mental journey. You collapse space. Sit quietly where you are and turn thereness into hereness. Close your eyes and feel that very place where you are is the place desired. Feel and sense the reality of it until you are consciously impressed with this fact, for your knowledge of this fact is based solely on your subjective sensing. Deborah, do you want to take a take a... Take up now. Do you want to read a little bit? I mean, uh, I can go on from here. Yes. Yes, I'd be happy to. Okay, great. Okay. Third, in the absence of Esau, the problem, and with the natural time space established, you invite Jacob, the solution, to come and fill this space to come and supplant his brother. In your imagination, see the thing desired. If you cannot visualize it, sense the general outline of it. Contemplate it. 
then mentally draw it close to you. Come close, my son, that I may feel you. Feel the nearness of it. Feel it to be in your immediate presence. Feel the reality and solidity of it. Feel it and see it naturally placed in the room in which you are seated. Feel the thrill of actual accomplishment and the joy of possession. Now, open your eyes. This brings you back to the objective world, the rough or sensibly felt world. Your hairy son Esau has returned from the hunt and by his very presence tells you that you have been betrayed by your smooth-skinned son Jacob, the subjective, psychologically felt. But, like Isaac, whose confidence was based upon the knowledge of this changeless law, you too will say, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren here I given to him for servants. That is, even though your problem appears fixed and real, you have felt the subjective psychological state to be real to the point of receiving the thrill of that reality. You have experienced the secret of creation, for you have felt the reality of the subjective. You have fixed a definite psychological state, which in spite of all opposition or precedent, will objectify itself, thereby fulfilling the name of Jacob the supplanter. Here are a few practical examples of this drama. First, the blessing or making a thing real. Sit in your living room and name a piece of furniture, rug or lamp that you would like to have in this particular room. Look at that area of the room where you would place it if you had it. Close your eyes and let all that now occupies that area of the room vanish. In your imagination, see this area as empty space. There is absolutely nothing there. Now, begin to fill this space with a desired piece of furniture. Sense and feel that you have it in this very area. Imagine you are seeing that which you desire to see. Continue this consciousness until you feel the thrill of possession. Second, the blessing or the making of a place real. You are now seated in your apartment in New York City, contemplating the joy that would be yours if you were on an ocean liner sailing across the great Atlantic. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Your eyes are closed. You have consciously released the New York apartment, and in its place you sense and feel that you are on an ocean liner. You are seated in a deck chair. There is nothing around you but the vast Atlantic. Fix the reality of this ship and ocean so that in this state you can mentally recall the day when you were seated in your New York apartment, dreaming of this day at sea. Recall the mental picture of yourself seated there in New York, dreaming of this day. In your imagination, see the memory picture of yourself back there in your New York apartment. If you succeed in looking back on your New York apartment without consciously returning there, then you have successfully prepared the reality of this voyage. Remain in this conscious state, feeling the reality of the ship and of the ocean. Feel the joy of this accomplishment. Then open your eyes. You have gone and prepared the place. You have fixed a definite psychological state, and where you are in consciousness, there you shall be in body also. Third, the blessing or making real of a point in time. You consciously let go of this day, month or year, as the case may be, and you imagine that it is now that day, month or year which you desire to experience. You 
sense and feel the reality of the desired time by impressing upon yourself the fact that it is now accomplished. As you sense the naturalness of this time, you begin to feel the thrill of having fully realized that which before you started your psychological journey in time you desire to experience at this time. With the knowledge of your power to bless you can open the doors of any prison, the prison of illness or poverty or of a humdrum existence. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That is pretty powerful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reading. That is the most powerful, one of the most powerful chapters. Okay, all of it's powerful, Dagnabbit, but... That one really gives you clear instructions on how yeah. to how to um be in your imagination, how to remove yourself from the reality that you are experiencing. Maybe it's a humdrum existence, who knows? But it gives you the yeah. ability Can you hear me? Yes, no, I was oh. agreeing with you. Yeah, it gives you, it gives you really, really, I mean, I don't know, I don't know anybody who can, who can make it more clearer than that, right? I don't think there's anybody that gives you that, that's why I love Neville, nobody gives you that really clear, clear instruction. If you can, in your imagination, right, feel the reality of the ocean, Let's say you're living in New York, like me, and you feel like you're on the boat in the in the middle. You're on the ocean liner in the middle of the Atlantic because that's what you want to do. That's where you want to be, right? And you feel it so real that you can look back in your imagination and see yourself imagining that you are still in New York. You know, you can see yourself imagining that you're in New York, imagining... <laughs> That you're, you know what I'm saying? It's like that one um, Neville says, he says that I remember when. And I use that so often in my experience. I remember when, um, when I was unemployed and I, and I hurt my back and I would sit in my imagination. I would go, I remember when I used to feel badly and I wasn't employed because now because now I'm employed and I would be in my imagination employed and you know moving around and then I would remember when I wasn't and when I remember when I wasn't what I'm saying is I'm feeling the reality of what I want my desire so fully that I'm in that place Remembering when I didn't have A, B, C, D, E, F, J, or I didn't have that job, or I didn't, um, I was in pain. So I'm not in pain in my imagination, and, and that's my reality, but I can remember when, and I remember when I actually sat and did that. And I, would, I still do that today. I still use that same technique today. You know, I remember when. I was living in Pennsylvania. I would go, I remember when I was living in Pennsylvania. I remember that. And I was already in Pennsylvania. I was still in Pennsylvania. But I was in my imagination here in New York. I was feeling New York. I was seeing New York. I was experiencing riding the ferry. I was seeing Manhattan. I was seeing Brooklyn. I was on the bridges. I was walking around. I felt it so viscerally that I remembered when I lived in Pennsylvania. But physically, my body was still in Pennsylvania. Does that make sense? Gary says, I love this bit. It works. Right? (laughs) Does that make sense to everybody? Because... If you can make what we call there, 
now, right now, bring it forward, bring it to you now, in this space that you're in right now, you can, re- you can see yourself and remember the day that you imagined yourself where you want to be in your imagination. And I got to tell you, when my cousin called up and said, you don't know how it's all going to work out, right? You don't know how you're all going to get there. That's not the... That's not necessarily the, the, the key, right? You're not trying to figure out the hows, the whens, the who, the what. The, 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 that's not your job. It's not your job to figure out all of the little minute, minute details of that or how you're going to get there. This is not, that's not your work. Your work is to just... Gary said, that's how I moved into a house with a blue bedroom. I remember when you did that. But that's how you move from one state to the next, from one state to the next. And you know what? You may not always get it right. You know, you may not always get it exactly correct, okay? But if you don't try it, you don't tweak it, you don't, keep continuing to to do it then you'll never you'll never you'll never you'll just give up you'll quit you'll who wants to do that so you have to just keep applying it in your imagination you have to try you have to follow these steps you have to follow these steps to the letter what does it feel like there now right what does that feel like at this moment? Make there, make then, now. How does that feel now? What is happening? How does that all transpire? How does it all unfold for you? And you'll see. It will, it will take place. Have you, um, do you all understand this? portion this this really is probably the best way i i don't think there it could be any clearer i don't think you can make it clearer than that i don't think neville can make it clearer than that the bible gives you the exact way on how to supplant esau with your desire of jacob I mean, jacob is your desire supplant esau isaac is your consciousness and when the two when the two are joined together, then Esau is no longer an issue, the rough and hairy objectified state that you're in. Right? Yes? Nay? Anybody? <laughs> okay, we're gonna keep on going then. I'm gonna unmute New York and see. Hi, New York. Is this Mavis? Yes. Hi, Mavis. Hi, me. Welcome back. How you doing? I am good. I am good. Do you have any questions about this part? Um, I don't, but I have to read it. Yeah. I have to read it. You have when you read it, you'll it becomes you. It becomes a part of you, and you and you and you get it. But um, it's really, really, uh, it's a real good plan to be able to start changing things around your experience. Step by step instructions in chapter fifteen. Did you understand have, a little bit of it, though? Yes. Oh, yes. I think, you know, I have done it uh, several times before without knowing ah. that, ah. you know, 
without even knowing that it was a, a concept or anything. But I, you know, just when I first uh, became a nurse, I placed myself at the nurse's station, you know, just seeing myself in a right. white uniform. And, you know, that type of, and before you know it, I was there. See? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So now Mm -hmm. you you understand what you were doing a little bit better, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you can do this for a lot of the things that we want in our life. The, the, the universe, God, our consciousness is not, um, what does it say? It, it's, not, it's not fickle. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you create. It's not coming to sit there and say, no, you can't have that. You know, a lot of times people say, God says no. Nah, not really. We're constantly creating all day long, every day, all day long, all day long, every day, with our thoughts and our feeling. So when we feel something very viscerally, you know, you get in your imagination, you get in there, and you get in there, and you get in there, and you play around, you do whatever, you know, you follow the instructions, it will show up for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mavis. Because mm-hmm. you were already on the, you were already doing it. Well, I would say I've, I've lived um, some of it, but I, I want I need to read it because you know sometimes, like you say, you in and out, you know. Yeah. Right now, I need to strengthen it. Yes, yes, it's like a muscle. Yes. When you don't use it at first, you know, when you're not using it, you're not okay. Let's say you write like me when I came back to New York, <laughs> I forgot in Staten Island, all of these hills that I have to walk and that I have to walk to the bus and then I have to walk to the ferry. And, you know, so my, my muscles were like kind of, because in Pennsylvania, I drove everywhere. I got driven or I was dri- driving myself. When I got here, I forgot, I forgot because I don't have a car right now. So I'm riding the mass, you know, mass transit. And I the first day I came back, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> My feet swell up. I I had swollen feet every day for like I don't even know a couple of months. The whole entire summer, my feet were balloons. I would come home and put my legs up because I was worn out. Mm. But now I can come up that hill, no problem. I'm not out of breath, you know. And but it it's. Those muscles, I weren't, I wasn't using those muscles for a very long time. Though that that kind of, you know, wasn't doing that kind of walking, so it took me out. Same thing with this. You know, you it's like developing a, it's like developing your imagination muscle. That's all. And it can be a lot of fun. You know, a lot of times people get stressed out and they stress themselves out because things haven't. Sh- change the way they want them to and blah, blah, blah. But when I imagined myself here in New York, I had no idea how that was going to happen. None. I had no plan and no idea. All I knew was that in my imagination, this is where I lived. I was back home. And when my cousin called me up and said, listen, I have a proposition for you. He had no idea that I had already, you know, come down and was Looking, I came in at that time. It was right after, um, right before I was supposed to go to my interview for my job here and back in New York at the Met. He called me right before that and said, "Listen, um, I have a proposition for you. Uh, you know, I know you don't have a job yet, and you know, but uh, if you want to come back, I have a bedroom. You know, you can come here and we can. I'll hold you down until you get a job. I know you want to be back in New York. I had, I, I don't know. I think maybe um, when I." I was only supposed to be in, in, in um, he said, I don't know if you want to come back to New York. That's what he said. Or maybe he said, I, will, I know you do, or something like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> How do you know that? I didn't tell you. So, um, yeah, you know, I didn't know that how everything was going to transpire and, and how I was going to get here, but I did know that that's where I was in my imagination. 
And Gary says that's what he did with his blue bedroom. And I know Deborah has done that too. So everybody has done it, but you, we can use the muscle. And, and um, when we don't use it, you know, it gets flabby. We get fat. We get lazy. We get sloppy. You know, but you can get back in there and, and, and create anything you want. It's like a great big playroom we live in. You can create anything. We can do anything. Oh, yeah, and the free car. The free car, too. That's how I got my car. That's how I got That's how I got my house when I lived in Pennsylvania. It's all of it. That's how I got anything that I ever desired, you know? Mm. So um, we're going to read a little bit more. Thank you, Mavis, for joining us today and sharing that. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. somebody needed to hear that from you today. <laughs> I'm going to put you back on mute. And Deborah, did you have something you wanted to share about that? Because I know you you do it too. Ah, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it happened with uh, uh, my home, my first home. When my husband was first married. Uh, he'd been searching, and I said, no, there has to be a house in the suburb that you want to live in. And when I went into the newspaper, I hadn't heard of Neville by this point. I found a house that was in the suburb that he was looking for with bedrooms and bathrooms on the first floor as well as two bedrooms on the top floor. And it was it didn't have any steps whatsoever. I didn't even know when I went when we went to go look at it. There weren't any steps. There were two bedrooms on the first floor and a bathroom and two bedrooms upstairs. I mean, it was perfect because we were a blended family of, with five children. So it was it was perfect. It was perfect. It was in the suburb that he wanted to live in. It didn't have any stuff, even though I didn't in my mind say, oh, I, I need something without steps. It, that's just the way it was. The same way with uh, the house where we are now. Uh, it was in the suburb that I wanted to live in. It wasn't even on the market when we came to look at it. Um, we went through, at first it wasn't for sale, then it was for sale. Then they rented, then they leased it to us. Now, today, uh, we found out yesterday that uh, they are, in fact, selling the house to us, so we are going to be the, the homeowners. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I just remember, this was back in 2006, I wrote out the house I wanted to live in. And uh, when I was looking, I said, all right, I just picked a particular suburb, and that was away from where we lived previously. Uh, and when I, I made, a, I made a, and they're right about the inspired action, because I, I remember thinking, maybe I should call Mr. Hopson, because his daughter ran the, homeschooling program that my son attended because, you know, I homeschooled for 14 years. And when I called, he just happened to know someone who hadn't even put her house on the market yet. She was just getting it ready to put on the market, hadn't actually officially listed it with anyone yet. And he happened to know her. He came. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. And as I said, there's based in peaks and valleys where it looked as if it was going to be completely different. And by the time it was said and done, and I said, you know, this is the house that I want to live in. This is my home. And every time something came, whether it was a piece of paper or a phone call, it completely changed. And the last communication we received is that they wanted to offer us a home. I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could believe it, actually. I could believe it. Say that. (laughs) That is a wonderful that is a wonderful example and and we do it all the time with so many things and sometimes we forget that we are actually creating everything in, in our experience and, and um it's a wonderful it's wonderful when you when you remember that you, hey I did that, you know. Um we're just yeah. gonna read a little bit more. We got like ten more minutes. We're gonna read a little bit more of chapter sixteen, the Sabbath. And um, we're going to read it until we don't have any more time. Um, We'll probably Mm -hmm. be able to discuss it next week. But we'll start it this week. The Sabbath. 
What is that? Six days shall work. Six days. These six days, oh, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you a holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. What does that mean? Let's see. These six days are not 24-hour periods of time. They symbolize the psychological moment. A definite subjective state is fixed. These six days of work are subjective experiences and consequences consequently cannot be measured by a side real side real time for the real work of fixing a definite psychological state is done in consciousness the time spent in consciously defining yourself as that which you desire to be is the measure of these six days a change of consciousness is the work done in these six creative days, a psychological adjustment, which is measured not by side real time, but by actual subjective accomplishment. Just as a life in retrospect is measured not by years, but by the content of those years, so too is this psychological Interval measured not by the time spent in making the adjustment, but by the accomplishment of that interval. See? It's not by the time. It's by the accomplishment. The true meaning of six days of work, creation, is revealed in this mystery of the vow, which is the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and the third letter in the divine name, Jodhi Vaudhi. As previously explained in the mystery of the name of Jehovah, vow means to nail or join. The creator is joined to his creation through his feeling. And the time that it takes you to fix a definite feeling is the true measure of these six days of creation. Mentally separating yourself from the objective world and attaching yourself through the secret of feeling to the subjective state is the function of the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, vow, or the six days of work. There is always an interval, interval between the fixed impression or subjective state and the outward expression of that state. This interval is called the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the mental rest. Hello. It is the mental rest which follows the fixed psychological state. It is the result of your six days of work. The Sabbath was made for man. This mental rest, which follows a successful conscious impregnation, is the period of mental pregnancy, a period which is made for the purpose of incubating, percolating <laughs> the manifestation. It was made for the manifestation. The manifestation was not made for it. Automatically, you keep the Sabbath, a day of rest, a period of mental rest, if you succeed in accomplishing your six days of work. There can be no Sabbath or seventh day, nor pe no period of mental rest until the six days are over, until the psychological adjustment is accomplished and the mental impression is fully made. That's when you are resting, when you know that you know that you know what you did in your imagination, and it's done. It's like a click that happens. You just know. Yep, that's it. I can rest now. Whew. I don't have to. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to go in my in my imagination and create that anymore. I don't have to feel it real anymore because it is real. It hasn't appeared yet, right? It didn't show up yet in objectified, but in your now it's mental. You give that you, you. It's like a oh yep, that's it. It's done. I did that, and you can rest. Man is warned that if he fails to keep the Sabbath, 
If he fails to enter into the rest of God, he will also fail to receive the promise. He will fail to realize his desires. The reason for this is simple and obvious. There can be no mental rest until a conscious impression is made. If a man fails to fully impress upon himself the fact that he now has that which he for which heretofore he desired to possess, he will continue to desire it, and therefore he will not be mentally at rest or satisfied. You just you just won't be. There can um If, on the other hand, he succeeds on making this conscious adjustment so that upon emerging from the period of silence or his subjective six days of work, he knows by his feeling that he has the thing desired, then he automatically enters the Sabbath or the period of mental rest. Pregnancy follows impregnation. Man does not continue continue. Uh, does not continue desiring that which he has already acquired. The Sabbath can be kept as a day of rest and only after man succeeds in becoming conscious of being that which before entering the silence he desired to be. So I want to um, stop here. We have uh, three minutes. We're going to get ready to go. Um, Deborah has uh, left us, <laughs> didn't get to say goodbye. But bye, Deborah. We say goodbye to you and thank you for reading. I want to just uh, stress to you, it's very important that after you do this work, that's what the Sabbath, we're moving into the Sabbath and understanding that there comes a period in time where you have to let it go now. You have to trust. You have to believe and know and trust that it's already done. I'm, it's already happened. I'm already on my way. I'm, al- it's already, I'm already in the move. I'm already on the boat. I'm already in New York. I'm already in California. I'm already in Chicago, whatever. I'm already there. I'm already, um, it's already done. It's already done. And you take a mental rest. And you let you let your um, God self now. You joined it. You you joined your your consciousness with your desire. You felt it. You know you felt it, and you let it rest. Done. You will know when you feel that. There's no time frame. There's no there's no time frame for it, but you have to give it a mental rest at some point. You have to stop because when you don't allow that, you'll still, if you keep going in, that's because now you don't believe it. You don't know it. You keep going in, you keep going in, you keep going in. There is a point where you, there is a point where you know that it's done. And when you get that point that you know that it's done, that feeling you don't go back in and say, oh, come back out and say, oh, my God, you know, it didn't happen yet. You already knew. It's already done. And you let it go. And that's it. So we're going to stop here today. I want to thank you all for joining us here at the Indigo Room. Remember, Chapter 15, you may want to reread that again. You may want to get in there again and, and, and feel those words. Use the technique, follow the instructions. I like to rewrite things that I've read because it helps it it helps me it helps me to make it mine, you know, and i I can understand it and feel it a little bit better, but do whatever works for you. Use it however you know it works for you. Gary, it was good to see you. And tell tell your cat we say thank you because the cat woke you up, right? <laughs> Linda, thank you for joining us too and hanging out with us. Mavis, thank you for being here. Deborah, thank you for reading. And 
I am going to go take Miss Cleopatra out for a walk again because, you know, she's feeling some kind of way. <laughs> and I hope you have a great week. And um, thank you all for making my week better by being here with me and reading Neville. It's delicious. It's wonderful. It's fabulous. <laughs> I love you, and I'll see you next Saturday. Okay. Mwah. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.